Today's subject which I want to share to you is about enlarge my life. Enlarge my life. You know, sometime back, uh, God had given us as church, uh, you know, a scripture. And Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 3, where it says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. So I believe this word was given to us, you know, specifically with what we went to as church and how God brought us together and what God is doing in our midst. Uh, you know, so, so really where God was saying, enlarge the place of your tent. Don't constrain yourself. You know, and I believe it's not only for the church, but also for individuals. Are you tired and fed up of the same mundane of life? Do you want to see change in your life? God wants us to take from the place and position we are in and take us to the new level, to a higher level. He wants to bring a change in our life for good. But the question is, are you willing for that change? You know, God wants to work in your life. He has a plan and purpose. And as I said, he wants you to take to a higher level, to a new level. But what happens is, over the years, in our lives that we live, our day-to-day -day life, we can get caught up with all the things that goes on. It becomes a distraction and we miss the purpose and plan of God over our life. And it reminds me of a man or man of God, you know, called Jabez. But before that, you know, the word of God says, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So what does it say? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Why? To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So God is searching. God is searching. Let this be your prayer this morning. Lord, enough of searching. Fix your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on me. Work on behalf of me. And as I said, I want to share about Jabez. First Chronicles 4.10 says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Now the name Jabez, his parents had given him, which means pain or sorrow. What a name to give to a child. Pain or sorrow. Just imagine, 
This child is growing up and everyone calls him, hey pain, hey sorrow, how are you today? And over the years listening that same thing again and again and again, I believe Javis must have come to that point, you know, where he believed what his name was. As someone said, what you pursue, it becomes the reality. And that's why he says in his prayer that I may not cause pain. That I may not cause pain. And he's praying unto God, Lord, change my life. How do you perceive your life? Has there been rejections? Has there been times when people have looked down upon you, said something to you which are negative? How do you react to those things? You know, a story is said about one day a farmer's only horse ran away. A farmer had a horse and that was the only horse he had and that horse ran away. His neighbor came over to console him saying, I'm so very sorry, this is horrible news, you must feel angry and sad about it. So the farmer said, we'll see who can know what's good and what's bad. The next week, the farmer's horse returned this time with a dozen wild horses following behind. The farmer and his son wrangled the horses up. His neighbor again came to him and commented, Wow, what good fortune, how joyful you must feel. Again the farmer said, We shall see who can know what's good and what's bad. The following day, one of the new White horses trampled the farmer's son, breaking his legs. The neighbor then said, I'm so sorry for you. You must be upset with this terrible happening. To which the farmer replied, We shall see who can know what's good and what's bad. Shortly thereafter, the country went to war and every healthy young man was drafted to fight. But due to his injuries, the farmer's son was not drafted. It was a horrible war. Almost every soldier died. The farmer's neighbor again congratulated him, saying, You must be so happy and relieved that your son did not go to war. The farmer replied, We shall see who can know what's good and what's bad. You know, the neighbor made a quick judgment about the farmer based on the events of life the farmer was facing. But this farmer, every time, he had the same reply, whether it was good or bad. He said, we shall see. You know, Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. We all go through different events in life. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Ups and downs. 
Sometimes it's like a roller coaster ride. How do we respond to that? The word of God says in Romans 8, for all things work out for good, for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And here was Jabez. I don't know what he must have gone through in life, but it looks like he perceived, he had this thought or he had this idea that maybe he's causing pain to others. And he didn't want to remain in that same place, but Jabez wanted a change in his life. And Jabez was asking God for a change in his life and his situation because he was fed up of it. And he said, Lord, enlarge my boundary and bless me. As I said earlier, I don't know how you are or where you are in your walk with God or in your life. Is that, is that the same routine of life and maybe you're in that place where you are fed up and frustrated because nothing is happening. Maybe no breakthroughs you're seeing. It's time to ask God for a change. And are you ready for the change? You know, this is the prayer of Jabez. He said, Lord, enlarge my boundaries. And we read earlier the scripture in Isaiah talking about enlarging the tent and the boundary. Let me tell you, before God could enlarge your boundaries, before God could enlarge your tent, before God could do any greater thing in your life, the first thing you would like to do is enlarge your heart. Psalm 119 verse 32 in New King James Version, it says, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. He says, I will run the course of your commandments. In other words, he says, Lord, I will follow the word of God. I will do what your word says. Because as I follow your word, as I meditate on your word, as I study your word, as I receive your word and do what it says, you will enlarge my heart. An enlarged heart becomes more forgiving. An enlarged heart is more understanding. An enlarged heart is more loving. An enlarged heart is more merciful, kind, giving, non-judgmental. An enlarged heart is gracious. An enlarged heart learns to give first priority to God. An enlarged heart, where Galatians speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. And God wants to enlarge our heart so that He will take us to the enlarged place. You know, the word of God also says in Proverbs 4, verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Springs the issues of life. How is your heart today? Are you able to forgive one another? Are you in that place 
where you are merciful? Are you in that place where you have that understanding and have that love, that agape love, where you don't expect from others, but you want to love them in spite of what they give you or not give? Are you in that place where you are giving first priority to God? God wants to enlarge our heart. And when he enlarges our heart, the second step he does is, he enlarges our steps. Second Samuel 22 verse 37 says, You enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. So that my feet did not slip. You know, when God blesses you, He takes you to the higher place. When God starts using you, and when you're in that place, it is so important, as the Word of God says, that our path, you know, that God, uh, that we need God to enlarge our path. What does that mean? It means that. You know, that I will be in that place where I consider others better than myself, where I don't feel insecure, where I don't feel threatened, where I give glory to God, where I humble myself before God. And when you are in that place where you don't feel insecure and you're willing to give, that's where God enlarges your path. You know, in book of Philemon, when I think of Jabez, I also think of this man called Onesimus. Have you heard of Onesimus in the Bible? Yeah. It's in book of Philemon. Now, Onesimus was a man who was a slave to Philemon, and something had happened that he robbed from Philemon and he ran away from Philemon. And he went to Rome and he was with Paul and God worked in his life, changed him. And this is where Paul writes to Philemon and he says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. Now here Paul is calling Onesimus, who was a slave, a son. He's saying, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who was once unprofitable to you, but now it's profitable to you and to me. You know why, why Paul is saying that? In verse 11, who was once unprofitable to you and now is profitable to you and me. Do you know why he's saying that? The word honestness, it means profitable. The word honestness means profitable. In other words, he was kind of joking or, you know, writing to Philemon and saying, once he was not profitable to you because of all that he did to you, but now I can say he's profitable to you. You know, maybe in your life where people must have said, as I said earlier, might have said to you, you're good for nothing. You know, you can't do this. You're not good enough. Maybe you have gone through all those rejection. 
But let me tell you, like on humans, maybe you had this perception that you're not profitable, but God says, you're profitable to me. You're profitable to me. Like Jabez, which means pain and sorrow, maybe you had that perception in your mind, in your life, where you are a pain and you're, you know, a sorrow to people. God says to you, no, I'm going to bless you and enlarge your confidence. And I will use you for my glory. You know, it reminds me of this man of God. I don't know how many of you know Bill Wilson. This man of God, I met him many years back in Amsterdam. I had coffee with him together, great time. The story goes on like this about this man is when he was small, his mother abandoned him in a marketplace, just left him there on his own. He grew up as an orphan. He went through a lot of tough times, but God called him, God chose him. And in New York, in US, he started a Sunday school in a very troubled area. And God started blessing that ministry among the children. It grew. You know, I remember when I met him, he had about 22,000 children with over 100 buses. But now, as you can see here, nearly 200,000 children in 1,000 cities and towns of the world. A man, and he has been threatened, attacked many times. But he remained strong. He believed the word of God, very passionate. You know, when you sit with him, wow, you can see the passion that he has. And God used this man. Maybe when he went through that rejection where his mother left him in that marketplace, Maybe he must have had that perception that I'm rejected. I'm not profitable. I'm a pain. But God worked in his life and changed him. And God used this man for his glory. How do you see yourself this morning? Do you think God can use you? Do you think God has a higher level for you, where you can step into. The question is, are you willing for change? Are you willing for that change? Say yes to God. Lord, I believe in your word. I want that change. I want what you have for me. And I'm willing to pay the price. Are you willing to pay the price for him? And I tell you, when you're willing to pay the price, Say yes to him, God will do wonders. You know, it reminds me of uh, one day our family, we went to circus and we were sitting right behind. And where we were sitting, you know, there was a pole in front of us and I had to kind of bend my head, you know, almost to see. And I could see all these tiny people performing. And then I was sitting grumbling about that situation and I was thinking, 
I wish I could sit like those people who are sitting in the front row and watch it very closely. And same way, once we went to watch this Lion King performance in London, and I was up there in the you know, back, some corner, and I thought, I wish I was in the front row or maybe in that balcony so that I could be able to see it properly. Then I realized the people who were sitting in front had paid the higher price to sit there. And God spoke to me and said, are you willing to pay the higher price for me to see greater things in your life? To see that greater things in you. Today, this is what the question I would like to ask you. Where are you? Where are you in your spiritual walk? Where are you in your life? This same question was asked by God to Adam and Eve. When they sinned against him and were hiding. And God, and the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Now, God was not asking for their geographical location. He knew where they were. But he was asking for their position in him. Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? And that same question is asked, I believe, today by God, asking us, where are you? Where are you in Christ? Where are you in God? You know, this last scripture I would like to share with you from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 to 18, where Peter, he writes and he says, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard, so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. As I said, God asked Adam and Eve their position. Where are they? Here, Peter writes, be careful, be on your guard, so that you know, fall from your secure position. But then he says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. You know, in fact, New Living Translation says, where it says here in an ivy, fall from your secure position. NLT says, lose your own secure footing. RSV says, lose your own stability. New King James Version says, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. So Peter is saying, be on your guard so that you will not fall from your secure position. That you will not lose your stability, your steadfastness. But then he says, grow in the grace and knowledge. Grow in the favor of God. Grow in the knowledge of God. You know what happens when you grow in the grace that is the favor of God and the knowledge of God? 
The word of God tells me in regards to the knowledge, you know, Daniel 11.32, they who shall know their God shall be strong and shall be great exports. And that's why Paul, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Because he knows the power of knowing God. Something happens, it changes you. And going, growing in grace, that is the favor of God. Today, I just want to ask you this question as the musicians uh, come and play the music. You know, the day and age that we are living in, I see things are going from bad to worse. You know, with the things that is going around the world. And in all that is going on around the world with the wars and the rumors of war, the famines, the drought, and all the terrible things that are happening with the pandemic and all those kind of stuff. In all the situation, God's eye is moving to and fro throughout the earth, looking for the church, looking for the believers who will say yes to him. Like Isaiah. When Isaiah saw the glory of God, God said, whom shall I send and who will go for Well, you might say to me, Sunday, you don't understand what situation I'm in. Sanjay, you don't understand the busyness of my life. You don't understand the things that are happening around me. I know I don't understand. God understands. God knows. But I'm challenging you. God is looking for you. God is looking for you. Will you respond to him? And let this be your prayer like Jabez. Lord, enlarge my boundaries and bless me.